Welcome to the Unicorn Club Audio Journal Podcast. Today is February 22nd, 2020. And so I want to talk about negative words being used. So the first thing I want to point out to you guys, wait, before I start, you can follow the Unicorn Club for Introverts over on Twitter if you have Twitter and you will know that you found the right profile when you see a unicorn made out of burlap. And maybe one day I will do a podcast explaining why I chose a unicorn and why the unicorn is made out of burlap. So, the first thing I want to point out to you is the word ghetto. If you go and you look at dictionary.com and you put in the search bar the word ghetto, it's going to tell you it's a section of a city in which the Jews were required to live. Somehow, some way, over time, African American people had been labeled as ghetto when the word had originally originated with Jews. So, I had been hearing the words can't and shame for a couple of days. I've heard it's a shame you can't be in an exclusive relationship. It's a shame you can't speak. You can't speak. It's a shame you're no longer writing books. It's a shame you let it happen. You can't do this. You can't do that. You ain't going no further than. And I said to myself, why the fuck do I keep hearing people tell me I can't do something or something is shameful? When I looked at the definition of shame, it said a deep, sorrowful feeling. Look it up for yourself in dictionary.com. And I said to myself, why would I feel shame for not writing a second book? I don't feel deeply sorrowed and I don't have no deep feeling of regret for not writing and publishing a second book. Why is this person putting that off on me? Why are people telling me what I can't do? I am defiant. Anytime somebody tell me I can't do something, excuse me, I go and do it. I do it twice and I take pictures of it and I share it. I would have thought by now that people would have learned to stop telling me, my grown self, what it is that I can't do, knowing that I will go out and do it, just to prove a point. Knowing that I will defy it and rebel against it, just to prove a point. When they know that I will exceed where they are at in their lives, 
why would they tell me I can't do something? And with the person that told me I'm not going to go any further than, I said, well, you didn't do anything with your life for 30 years. You only just started doing a little bit because you got into a relationship. So why would you pass so much judgment? Why do people say things that they really should not say? Why do people dish things out that they themselves can't take? I never understood why people do things to other people that they themselves wouldn't like if it was done to them. I never understood it. This is why I don't trust hypocrites. I don't trust hypocrites. I don't like hypocrites. And I stay away from hypocrites. As a matter of fact, I make sure hypocrites stay away from me. So when the final person came, because it was three different people, when the final person came with trying to make me feel shame, I said to myself, this is nothing but the devil. And I spoke into the atmosphere and I told the devil, I said, get behind me, Satan. Because you're not going to project these word seeds into my subconscious mind and have me physically acting them out so that they can manifest themselves. That's not what's going to happen. My mind is too resolute to accept these word curses. The Bible says, speak it into existence. The tongue is as sharp as a double-edged sword. And then you have Napoleon Hill, who published a book. And he used a lot of um, Bible verses in his book. Telling people to speak things into existence. What the mind can conceive, you can achieve. Napoleon Hill. And so I'm very mindful as to what I am taking in through my eyes and through my ears. And I'm very mindful of the words that I speak over myself because I know that words give life. Eventually they will manifest. Even if I forget what it is that I've said on January 3rd, 2020, it's still going to manifest. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. It could be the next year. It could be five years later. It could be 20 years later. But eventually, the words that I speak is going to manifest. So I've learned not to speak negatively over my own life. So I definitely wouldn't speak negatively over someone else's life. Because... Karma's a bitch. What you dish out, you'll get back. You say rude and obnoxious things to other people, someone is going to say rude and obnoxious things to you. You treat somebody badly, the principle behind what you've done will manifest itself and return back to you. That you will understand the moral behind your actions. So I'm very, very mindful. Another thing is... I don't just blurt things out of my mouth, 
because I'm not looking to make enemies unbeknownst to me. I'd rather have business partners or supporters or even just genuine relationships with people who care without expecting anything in return. So I don't just blurt things out of my mouth. But yet there are a lot of people who just blurt things out and they rather put you down than encourage you. And some people do it unconsciously. They're so used to being negative and speaking negatively and thinking negatively that negativity is their second nature. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And once something becomes a habit, it's just a habit until the person decides that they want some sort of change in their lives. And then they have to look within themselves and and um, do some changing. So, I told the devil to get on up out of here. And all of a sudden, it just stopped. And it hadn't come back since then. And what's interesting is that these three people came to me with the words ashamed and can't right before I made a conscious decision to relocate to another city and the city that well another state and the state that I want to move to I want to go there because there is a HBCU that I would like to attend and as God would have it I found an apartment building that's walking distance to the university that I want to attend. And if that wasn't a distraction from the devil, honey, I don't know what would be. So the first thing I want to tell you is when you make a conscious decision to do something that you feel would better your life and break generational curses and break the pattern of generational pathologies or even just break in the pathology from off of yourself, you're going to get distractions from out of nowhere and everything is going to happen to you all at one time. It is just a distraction to keep you from finding out your true purpose in life and your identity. Because if you can't identify with yourself, then how can you take the chains and the blinders from off of someone else? When you look at the law of attraction, you'll see that everyone and everything ties into each other somehow, some way. And so the people that you cross in your lifetime, you have something in common with them, even if it's just one thing that you have in common with the person. They are there to help you with something and vice versa as well. So when you set someone else free, you really set yourself free at the same time. So what's interesting um, is these people that said, I can't and ashamed. You know, I carry myself a certain way. And like I said, I don't say certain things and I don't do certain things because of the way that I carry myself. 
And these same people that said these things to me, they watch me. And they have it in their minds that I think that I am better than the next person, which is not true. I don't think that way, and I don't feel that way. My thoughts are, I want to be a better me tomorrow than who I was yesterday. I want to be the best, the best version of myself that I can possibly be. And so I've trained myself to not sound like or look like a ghetto person. And I worked hard for that. I grew up in an impoverished neighborhood. I come from humble beginnings. But I've taken the time and put in the work and the effort to not be a bitter black woman, to not be the stereotypical black person, to not be the stereotypical poor person. I've worked very hard for a very long time, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and financially, to not be an assumption or a stereotype. I was talking to someone about finances and they said, um, you know, if you had a million dollars, you wouldn't know what to do with it. And I'm like, what kind of bullshit is that? My minor is forensic accounting. Like, <laughs> I graduated with a degree in business and I minored in forensic accounting. Like I do my own income taxes. Like surely I know something about money. Aside from that, I talk to people from all walks of life, whether they're Jewish, whether they're Korean, whether they're um, Jamaican, whether they're Caucasian, they're Irish, they're Polish, whatever it is, Hispanic. So I picked up things along the way. And the best advice that I've gotten concerning finances has actually come from a Jewish person. So what makes this person think that I don't know what to do with money? And so I decided to not internalize what they were saying because it would create a complex within me. I have to keep my mind resolute from the things that people say. So I decided to reverse it back on them. And I said, well, what should be done with money? Oh, you know, you can invest it. You know what you think about a CD. And I'm saying in my head, you ain't said shit to me. So I said to the person, well, I wouldn't bother with a CD because you don't get much of a return on it. The way that it is now is not the way that it was 20 or 30 years ago. Today, I would invest in an S&P 500 index because of the residual income. I would purchase some real estate, really, I would buy a piece of land and build apartment buildings on that land and rent it out to people, particularly who have Section 8, because the money is guaranteed income. That's the second thing that I would do. The third thing that I would do is franchise something like Chipotle. 
it's only $10,000 to franchise Chipotle. And I could put some people in there and that would create residual income for me as well. So my whole goal would be to invest in things that would create a residual income for myself. Oh, honey, that person was so quiet. And then they said, oh, I wish you would have told me this two months ago because I had the money to invest in something like that. I didn't know about this index fund that you're telling me about. Why would I think to tell you something about it? And why didn't you come to me and ask when you know that I graduated college? You know I got some form of wisdom. You know I got some form of knowledge. I always say that knowledge helps you earn money, but wisdom helps you live life. So why didn't you come to me and ask? You don't know what anybody knows until you ask them. I've got great ways in how to help a person increase their credit score. One smart thing to do is, I'm not going to tell you guys, but I didn't tell this to the person that thought that they were smarter than me. You can go to the bank and get a small loan, say between three and $500, and you take that money and put it into a savings account, and you let the bank take back their own money, and that will increase your credit score. They will report the on-time payments to all three credit bureaus, and that will increase your credit score. You can also report your rent payments and your on-time payments will be reported to all three credit bureaus, and that will increase your credit score. Little simple things that you can do that will increase your credit score. I don't tell this to everybody because I don't think that everybody, um, would, being that the way that they talk to me and the way that they treat me because of their mindset, I don't give that information to them at all. I just let them do what they do. But now you know, and you can Google it. You can Google S&P 500 index fund and look into it in your state. And you can Google how to report your rent payments uh, to increase your credit score. And you're going to come up with a website and they will give you the information that you need according to your state. If you're going to be a renter, you might as well get something out of being a renter. Most of us rent, uh, you know, all our lives. Some of us rent for 10 years or 20 years and then purchase a house. So you might as well get something out of it from the very beginning, or at least from this point moving forward. So the point of this podcast is, you know, you have to strengthen your mind. And sometimes you have to sit down and, meditate and, um, you know, say affirmations over yourself and listen to like five, 10 minute motivational speeches, even if you just do it once a week. And, you know, you have to research things for yourself and be self-taught and talk to people sometimes because you never know what someone knows unless you ask them. The other thing I want to mention to you is when you're going to do something uh, when you're going to make changes in your life for the positive, only tell it to somebody that you know can help you. Don't just run it by people who can't help you or is not going to 
contribute to what it is that you're trying to do. I remember I told someone um, that I was going to take real estate classes. That was because of what he was doing. And I told him I had to rearrange my work schedule so that I can take it during the day and not at night because I don't trust New Yorkers at night due to the fact that there's been such a huge influx of people with mental health conditions. I don't really trust them. And the person said to me, I can pick you up at night, every night that you have your class, if that's your concern. That's someone that's supportive of my goals, dreams, you know, and ambition. So I'm just using that as an example um, to you guys as to who you're going to talk to, who you should talk to and who you shouldn't talk to. The other thing I want to tell you is, When you pay attention, and I did do a podcast called Pay Attention, and you want to go back and listen to that, but pay attention. So when you keep hearing certain words and certain phrases, you want to nip that in the bud immediately. And it's really not so much about the people. It's really about the spiritual aspect, what's happening behind the scenes spiritually that you don't know and you are not aware of. That's what you want to nip in the bud immediately. And when it comes to something natural, like these people who are saying what they're saying, really, you don't have anything to prove to them. You don't have to prove them wrong. You don't have to prove them right. If they're not signing your checks, if they're not paying any of your bills, if they're not helping you get from point A to point B in your life, There's no reason for you to allow your pride to be triggered by someone else's opinion. Tell them to go and and screw themselves, really. Don't internalize someone else's opinion and end up with a complex about yourself because unraveling something like that is a bitch and it will take you some time and then you have to you know, dig deep into your psyche and your subconscious mind to pull it up and pluck it up. And then you got to replace it with, you know, positive affirmations and positive thinking and self-care and loving yourself. And it's just a big headache. It's going to take you, you know, a little while to fix it when it only took a matter of minutes for that seed to be planted to begin with. So nip all of that in the bud from the very beginning. So as usual, I hope that you've learned much and gleaned much from this podcast. Do share it if you feel to share it. And um, and enjoy. <laughs> Shalom.